Well, this morning, uh, Nicole and I, we want to just share some, um, some stories with you about the person of the Holy Spirit. Now, some of us may not realise this, but in the church, just bring me down just a touch, if you could, Ash, I'm just a, still a bit hot up here. Um, in the church calendar, in the Christian calendar, this time of year is called the season of Pentecost. And if you do a little bit of a dig in the history of what Pentecost is all about, it actually flows out of the long story of God in the Old Testament. And Pentecost was a time where the people of God would come and they would bring the fruits of their harvest to God with a sense of worship and expectation for the year to come. And so they would bring their harvest, their offerings, and they would say, God, we love you. They'd bring it to the temple and then they'd worship God with that. And it was called Pentecost. And the reason why it's called Pentecost is because that word literally means 50, 50. And if you have a bit of a track through the old story, the long story of God, 50 days after, um, yes, 50 days after, after the resurrection, the Holy Spirit was poured out. And it was poured, he was poured out on the early believers in Jesus, on the day of Pentecost, when all of the people of old, of Israel, were coming together to bring their offerings to God. And what God was doing is he was fulfilling a promise by pouring out his spirit. And he was, re, he was taking that old historical day and he was saying, thank you for bringing me all of your um, harvest, but right now I'm going to fulfill a promise that I promised long ago, and I'm actually going to outdo your blessing with my blessing. And I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh. And Joel chapter 2 talks about this. And then when the spirit is poured out, Peter actually, on that day of Pentecost, refers to that old prophecy of Joel in Joel chapter 2, where one day God would pour out his spirit on men, on women, on children, on people who are old, are all slaves free indiscriminately. The Spirit of God would just be awash over people. And so we're right now in that season of the church calendar. After 50 days, did you know it's been 50 days since we actually celebrated the resurrection of Jesus? That went quick, didn't it? Well, it's, it has. It's 50 days is tracked, and we're celebrating the person of the Holy Spirit. So this morning... Nick and I wanted to come and spend a little bit of time sharing with you some of the stories of the Holy Spirit that we've encountered of who he is and the way he goes about being the Father's blessing in our life in a few different ways. And I thought just as a way of pre-setup um, for this morning, um, the young adults last Sunday morning were absolutely off the charts fantastic, weren't they? They were just like amazing, the way they, the revelation that of God that they brought and the way they brought it through who they are, it's just off the charts fantastic. And I'm just like, wow, God, we need like, so we, I want to be like them. You know, I want to be like them. They're so given to this journey. And so, um, but one of the key words that um, was 
was remembering your story. And if you can remember as far back as last Sunday, <laughs> at the very start of it, Bo framed it up and he said, you know, the opposite of remembering is dismembering. And he was talking about how the human brain takes memories and due to life and circumstance and situation, the human brain takes a memory and it gets shattered and it gets stored in all different parts of the human brain and it actually takes a bit of work to bring that memory back together again to remember it. And even just in the act of memory. And he, the guys last weekend were talking about remembering your story of God. And it was so fantastic because we'd been in a conversation just this that week saying, oh, remember when the Holy Spirit was doing this in our life? Remember when the Holy Spirit visited us like that? And so we were already in this place of remembering some of the works of the Holy Spirit. And then the young adults come along and go, remember your story. And so anyway, I was like the first one down the front last Sunday when they gave an opportunity for ministry in the altar to, to come into the presence of what God was doing. Because I was like, you guys don't know how on track you are right now, and I want in. Um, if you've got your Bible with you, we'll go to the first slide, Psalm 103. Now, this is the message version, so it's a little bit, little bit different, but, but I love it. And we actually sang this this morning. And I didn't cue this up with Neil and the worship team, but we sang this. It was our last song. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul. You know, except you did it a lot better than me. And, um, but what the psalmist is actually doing is speaking to himself. He's speaking to his soul. He's speaking to himself and he's saying, hey, soul, bless the Lord. It's like he's giving his soul instruction on how to um, respond to the goodness of God and the presence of God in his life. So let's just, I'm just going to read this out to you. This is the message version. Oh, my soul, bless God. He's speaking to himself. From head to toe, I'll bless his holy name. Oh, my soul, bless God. You know, sometimes it takes a few times to hear something. Like I know Nick, when she says, hey, Kirk, sometimes it takes three times before I actually go, yeah, you, you call me, babe? It's like, it's like the same with our soul. So the psalmist is saying, hey, soul, hey, soul, don't forget a single blessing. Why is he saying that? Because the soul forgets the blessings of God. He forgives your sins, everyone. Don't forget that, soul. He heals your diseases, everyone. Don't forget that. He redeems you from hell and he saves your life. Don't forget that. You know, in the hustle and the bustle of every day, some of these things we forget. Just in the rigor of, you know, the contest that we're in of each day. He crowns you with love and mercy, a paradise crown. Now, that'll, that'll challenge your sense of worth, won't it? And the things you speak over yourself and what you think about yourself. Hey, don't forget, this is what God says. He crowns you. Now, we saw, we didn't get to see the wedding, but 
there was a wedding on a couple of weeks ago on TV. Did you see it, Harry and Megan? Some of you did, a lot of you did, some of you didn't. <laughs> uh, but there's a lot of like, ro- you know, royalty. So um, God, the royalty of God crowns people with love and mercy. It's like the love and mercy of God. It's like the high point of God's royalty. He just crown. He places that on your head. Don't forget it. Don't forget that, soul. Um, he wraps you in goodness, beauty eternal. I love the way he writes this stuff. He renews your youth. You're always young in his presence. Don't forget that. Don't forget that. But this morning we just want to set it up a little bit with, hey, let's remember. Let's, let's take some time to bring back to memory. And for some of you, you may have not have had some of these experiences that we're going to share, but that's not to say they're outside of your reach either, but rather an invitation to knowing the person of the Holy Spirit. So let me start with um, this first one. Let's go to the next slide if we can. Thanks, Thea. We want to talk about a couple of stories when the Holy Spirit came on us, like from outside us, on us. And Jesus said, he said in Luke 24, he said, um, this is what is written, the Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead and on the third day, uh, on the third day, and repentance for the forgiveness of sin will be preached in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem and your witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. And it's interesting, wherever the Holy Spirit is poured out, right through the book of Acts, there's, an, there's a physiological inbreaking of the power of God on people's lives. And sometimes that has rather dramatic effect. Um, let me tell you a story of when the Spirit came on me and then, and then Nicole can tell you one of hers. <clears throat> In 2011... So we're, this is about seven years back now. Um, I was in a place of like real, just like, God, I, want, I need more of you. I want more of you. I'm just like hunger, you know, was rising in me. And so um, I, I took um, Caitlin with me at the time, wherever she is. I think she's working with the little ones today. But I took Caitlin with me to Melbourne, and we went down to Melbourne to a little conference down in the Yarra Valley Vineyard, and Ken Fish was speaking there. And then they had this... Um, time where they said, oh, you know, pastors and leaders, we're going to do a lunch for you guys. Um, Come on in the back room and we'll give you some food and Ken's going to share a little bit. Well, anyway, before I got on the plane to go down there, I put my bags in at the desk. They checked my bags in at Qantas and then they gave me my seating ticket. And I shove it in my pocket. I go upstairs, and as I'm going up the stairs, after clearing security, I look at my ticket, and it says, Mr. Timothy Bishop, row whatever it is. And, and I'm like, they've got the wrong... They've ticketed me the wrong guy. And so I go up to the desk once I get upstairs, and I say to them, look, you, you guys just ticketed me downstairs the wrong guy. It says Timothy Bishop, and I pulled out my wallet. I said, I'm Kirk Delaney. So... They then reissued it for me and I got on the plane. Well, anyway, 
I tell you that because when I went into the little back room for lunch, Ken was kind of going around the room praying for people and just kind of like, hey, I feel like God's saying this and prophesying things. And he, he looked at me from across the room and at this stage we hadn't formed much of the friendship that we currently have so we were kind of still like, mm, who are you and who are you? And he looked at me and he said, I just keep looking at you and I want to keep saying Bishop Delaney. And I was just like, I just was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get undone any second now. And I laughed at him. I seriously laughed. Now, Sharon, that was a pretty good laugh. But no, like I really, I laughed, like really laughed hard across the room at him. And then I just yelled out. I said, you have no idea. You have no idea. And then, all, he, then he just comes on over and he lays hands on me and the power of the Holy Spirit came over me in such a dramatic form. And it was recorded, and when you listen back to it, it sounds like someone's being, like, sliced and cut up and all sorts. It sounded terrible because God was doing surgery on me. He literally reached into me and started reshaping me. But the power of God fell on me as the Holy Spirit was ministering to me. And it was a, I spent, like, a good bunch of time with my nose deep in the carpet after that moment, and God was just talking to me about all of this stuff that was way, way out there, that in fact, I'm now living. <laughs> I thought it was way out there, but I'm now living. God's power came on me. He thought he was just saying, for some reason, the Holy Spirit said, Bishop Delaney. And, and so then I pulled up my photo of my bag tag that said on it, Timothy, D- Timothy Bishop. I said, you've got no idea. God has just stitched me up and he's used you to do it. Isn't that amazing? Like the spirit, and he came on me in power. It was so, it just undid my sensibilities to be able to cope with the presence of God saying, I'm going to clothe you with my spirit. And the power of God fell on me. Nick. (laughs) Okay. I get to follow that story. (laughs) Um. The Holy Spirit's always on the move. Some seasons are more intense than others and some are more life-changing. And for me, uh, when I met him, that certainly was my experience. The Holy Spirit's a gift from God himself. In fact, the gift is God, God living inside of us. And so the work of the Holy Spirit changing is life-changing and it can have a profound effect on our identity and our destiny, our happiness and heartaches, our health and our faith. And that's certainly been my experience that actually as I've encountered the Holy Spirit, he's wanted to uh, address and talk to me about all of those things. And Jesus knew that we needed help when he said in John fourteen sixteen, I'll ask the Father and he'll give you another helper the Holy Spirit, that he may be with you forever. And that's who we have. That's who lives inside of us, whether we know it or not. When we gave our lives to Jesus, that also came with a gift from God, gift God himself in the form of the Holy Spirit. And I just find that so incredibly encouraging that we have him forever, forever. Nothing is going to separate us from him. 
So here the Holy Spirit loves to transform our lives. I think probably just about everybody in this room may have had an experience of that. You have your own story, which, by the way, we would love to hear at any time that you might want to share it with us because that always just brings such an excitement and joy to us. And he makes it possible for us to then overflow with the fruit of the Holy Spirit that Galatians talks about. So I'll just share one example. I'm going to have to put my glasses on, but then when I look at all of you, you'll be blurry. Uh, there's been significant moments in my journeying with the Lord where the Holy Spirit interrupts, uh, reveals or changes me. And I thought I'd talk about the first time I encountered the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> we were living in Townsville. We were ministering in the Uniting Church and uh, it was the November of 1994. You know when you can just pinpoint and you can remember the exact date of significant moments with God? This was one for me. This, In fact, this was very life-changing. Sorry. Uh, John Wimber was here in Brisbane doing a conference with a team and he sent a small team to Townsville um, that was leading a conference there. And who was leading that conference up in Townsville but a very, very young Ken Fish. So while Ken, uh, Kirk talked about him, meeting him in 2011, it wasn't our first encounter with the ministry of the Holy Spirit through Ken. We had in fact met him in 1994 in Townsville but we didn't actually meet him personally. He was the, the person on the stage, he was the speaker at the conference but we, we knew of him so there was a very sweet connection then in 2011 when we actually got to meet him and then build a friendship. But there was a much younger Ken Fish chewing gum. Does, if anybody remembers the earlier vineyard days, they always chew, chewed gum. So that was a very fun thing to see from the stage. So I would call this encounter that I had with the Holy Spirit a baptism of the Holy Spirit. I'd met Jesus and I'd met the Father, but at that point I didn't really know who the Holy Spirit was. So I was 24 years old and at that particular time when the conference was in town, I was in the middle of recovering from a bout of chickenpox. So I don't know if you know anything about the chicken pox, but the older you get it, the worse it is. And so I was incredibly sick. I'd had two weeks off work. My whole body was covered in sores, particularly my face. And Kirk says, let's go to this conference and let's take a huge group of people from our church. So I thought, oh, okay. I didn't want to miss out. You know, I had FOMO way back then, fear of missing out. So we checked that I was okay that I wasn't contagious, and we went to this conference. It was a classic vineyard workshop style as that they were doing back then where uh, they would do a demonstration, they would talk about the Holy Spirit, they would do then a demonstration and they would ask for words of knowledge from people and then they would invite people to come up if, if you had that, if you needed healing in your body from that word of knowledge. So when I walked into this conference... I immediately got a shooting pain in my left shoulder. And my first mistake was telling Kirk that I had a pain in my left shoulder. Should have kept that to myself. <laughs> 
And uh, we sat down and this pain was excruciating. I don't know where it came from. I was already dealing with the chicken pox, so I just thought, oh, one more thing, now I've got a sore shoulder. And of course, in the workshop time after the teaching, Ken asked for people to have words of knowledge and someone said, excruciating pain in the left shoulder. So Kirk looks at me, I look at him, and he said, you know, you need to go down the front. There's, you know, almost short of pushing me down the front. Uh, it was go down the front. And if I hadn't have told him, I think I might have kept that quiet because the introvert in me was not going to go and be on show. But anyway, I went down the front. And there was about eight of us there from memory and Ken invited the Holy Spirit to come. And, you know, for a few minutes there, I didn't feel anything. And then all of a sudden, I felt this incredible warmth and this incredible closeness of God. So to cut a long story short, God did a powerful work in me. It was the first time I encountered the Holy Spirit. I didn't know what it was, um, but we'd had teaching and I didn't know what God was doing in me at the time, but it was a powerful work of the Holy Spirit. And we had taken a bunch of young adults who were sort of sitting in the back rows um, of the conference and I was on the floor And I don't know how long I was there, maybe half an hour or more. When I opened up my eyes, I looked up and the first thing I saw was all of these young adults, they'd moved from the front, from the back to the very front rows and they were all eyes on me. Like, what was God doing? Because it was the first time we'd all pretty much encountered this work of the Holy Spirit. And it's really not about the manifestations, but sometimes you can't ignore the manifestations when God touches your body. And it's all about the work in your heart. And so that was a really powerful time for me of meeting him where it changed my life direction because it was from that point on that we realized we weren't made to minister in the Uniting Church. We were made to minister in the vineyard. And so that was really a life-changing direction for me anyway. But at the time, I didn't have the words, but it started a process. It started a chain of events where I found myself saying yes to God when probably prior to that I would have said, no, are you kidding? That's not going to happen. I'm not doing that. And so it was a work of the Spirit in my heart to change direction. Thanks, Nick. Um, You know, both Nicole and I just shared briefly about the fact that there was a, um, a dynamic experience that when the Holy Spirit came on us, it was like our physical capacities and our mental capacities and our even our heart ability to be able to handle what was happening was overwhelmed. It was beyond us. God, God's presence was powerful. He came upon us in power. And the other interesting thing is that in all of the times where we've had these power of God come on us experiences with the Holy Spirit, it has often been as... And it's like this in the scriptures as well. When God comes on his people in power, it's because he's trying to bring us into who we really are as the people of Jesus, moving in authority and in the commission of Jesus and then partnering with Jesus to see the world come to know God. So it's not just for the sake of having a, hey, let's just have a great time on the floor and that was really awesome, God. It's because God's trying to re-engineer us with his love and power 
that we can be connected to him and what the Father is busy doing in bringing people to Jesus all over the world. So it's always connected into a bigger reality, as big as it is in the moment for you and for me. Um, I've, I've always found that the power on moments have always then, like Nicole said, it was a moment of transition. I realised God was making me for this outcome, this other reality. Um, so let's, uh, let's jump on to the next slide and we'll, we'll just talk about the spirit in... Uh, oh, I was talking about spirit through. Okay, Brill. Um, so just a couple of scriptures just to set the scene here. Um, in the book of Acts, as Peter is preaching his first sermon, the spirit's being poured out on people uh, from all different places and spaces, and all of a sudden the people said, what do we do with this? And Peter says, well, you need to repent, you need to change your mind about who you think God is and actually come into the revelation of who he truly is, not who you think he is, and be baptised, be immersed in that reality in every single one of you in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So in turning to God, there is a gift, the person of the Spirit is the gift of God. But at the same time, you'll see there, um, he also has gifts to give. He is the gift that gives gifts, <laughs> if I could make it like follow that line of thinking for you. So let me tell you about the first time, well, 1 Corinthians 14 writes a few of lists and a number of those gifts of the spirit word of knowledge words of wisdom prophecy faith healing power miraculous workings discernings of spirits uh, tongues interpretations of tongues these are all gifts of the gift of the person of the holy spirit who you've received as you've turned to god in G in the face of jesus let me. One of the very first times um, I kind of ventured into this space of the gifts of the Spirit operating through me for others was in. Um, so we'd finished up in in Townsville, and in '95 at '96 we went overseas and spent some time with the Vineyard overseas, and then we came back and we went to Tasmania on this little um, little conference that was happening down in. Um, Wynyard, Wynyard, it was at Wynyard, where we did a vineyard conference at Wynyard, <laughs> say that fast five times, and um, as we're at Wynyard doing this vineyard conference, there came some time for uh, ministry time, so we were workshopping it, and at the time I was learning to hear God, and I was at the same time saying, my other prayer was, God, use me, use me. I want, I want to be used. I don't want to watch from the sideline. I want in. Um, I've given you everything. I want in. <laughs> and so he said, all right. And, and then all of a sudden, my little, my little left pinky finger starts to throb with pain. My little left, could there be a smaller part of the body but right there, everyone else, these other words of knowledge are really dramatic. You know, like, there's someone here with, like, you know, heart conditions and, you know, all this grand stuff. And I'm there like, seriously? 
a little sore pinky. You want me to go with that? And so anyway, the Lord just pushed me forward enough for me to agree with the gift of the Spirit, releasing his gifts in me, which was a word of knowledge. He was telling me, there's someone in this room that has a sore pinky finger. And for God, that was his priority in the moment, and it was bigger than my need to make it about me and make me feel great about what I was doing. It was about God and what he was doing for the sake of another. So I trundle up the front. They give you the mic. Uh, Someone here with a sore left pinky finger. Well, you know, I quickly delivered it and then went and stood off to the side just quickly where the lights weren't. And and anyway, this um, after a couple of minutes, this lady comes up and stands uh, near me, and she and she says to me, she she was probably I would say late sixties, early seventies, and she said to me, "That's me with the sore pinky finger. It's very arthritic." And I just asked, I said, "Well, what's that about?" And then she said, and this is where she starts to fall apart because God's talking to her. She says, my husband, I can't think of the condition he had, but he had, she had to dress him every day for their whole married life, which meant every day she had to put her finger in the hook of the belt of his pants to help dress him every day of their married life. And over time, that had caused an arthritic condition in her finger and he had only just weeks ago passed away. And as she said that to me, it was like then the Lord just gave me compassion. It was like he, he grabbed me. It was like the heart of God grabbed my heart for her. And then through my words, I spoke a, a word of comfort to her. And I, it just was out of my mouth before I could even check it. And I, I just said to her, I said, the Lord wants you to know that he welcomed your husband in with great joy on his face. And for her, that brought great relief because she was unsure. And she told me afterwards, she said, I was unsure of the relationship that my husband shared with Jesus. And it was just like the kingdom of God just like <laughs> intersected the grief of this woman's life. And yet... The, the gifts that the gift released through me was a word of knowledge and it was a sore pinky finger. And, but there was great restoration of hope and the joy of the Lord coming back to this dear woman's life. God, God wants to work through us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, Nick, you go for one. Um, what I didn't say before was at the end of my story that when I stood up to go and be part of the workshop, the pain in my left shoulder went. It was it was just a word of knowledge that God used to get me out of the front, to do something else in my heart, um, similar to the story with the lady that I'm not sure did her finger get healed. So her finger got healed as well as God did heart surgery on her with deeper levels of things that were on her heart. Um, for me, as I look through, as I looked at through the Holy Spirit's gifts, and there's so um, many of them that, you know, we've all probably heard that analogy uh, that it's like a toolbox 
that actually all of those uh, gifts of the Holy Spirit are accessible to all of us at any point in time, that in fact the Holy Spirit gives them at his desire, at, at his determination and at, at our asking and our actual pursuit of them. So I've seen Kirk for 25 plus years pursue healing, to pursue the gift of healing because um, he's seen and we've seen and everyone in this room has probably seen God heal somebody and the fruit that that brings their life, the freedom that that brings, the connection that they then have with the Lord through that healing and it's just the love of God pouring out through a person and um, you know, you've seen seasons of God healing and seasons of God not healing, but that doesn't determine how much we pursue them. We pursue them with a hunger. Um, some of the gifts that I've experienced are probably a little bit more profoundly than others are some words of knowledge. And they're, they're particular words of knowledge. Um, and I kind of go, God, really? It's, it's uncomfortable, it's a bit icky, because God will sometimes, not always, so I tell that to everybody in the room, but he will reveal sin to me when I look at people. And I go, God, what do you want me to do with that? And often it's to pray and ask the, the Lord to do a work in the other person. It's not often me going up to them and saying, you know, da-da-da-da-da. But there, there's been at least two or three very significant ones and the Lord's used the words just very kindly and gently, something's not right there. He doesn't necessarily tell me what it is because I don't need to know. That's the Lord's business and that's the other person's business. But something's not right there. So he's letting me know it's on his heart and then, you know, there's a partnering of me with the Spirit, what do you want me to do with that? And sometimes it is going and just spending more time with that person, loving on them, um, and eventually, and again, not through nothing I do but a work of the Spirit, this particular issue might pop up. But that's only if God wants me to be part of it. He's doing a work in that person. It's not my job to convict, it's the Holy Spirit's job. But I asked the Lord what you want me to do. And there's one particular scenario. I can't go into any of it because it's personal and sensitive to these particular people. But they ended up, they were part of a small group we led years ago and they ended up coming and divulging all of this very broken stuff. It was very, very messy for a long time. But then there was just such healing released. And and. Often I don't know what to do with these stuff. Sometimes it's not a smooth process. Sometimes you don't get the answer in 20 minutes to an hour. But it's as we're partnering with the Holy Spirit because he, he's only got us to use. He wants to use every single person here in this room. If we would just pursue him and ask, how can I partner with you today? What do you want to release through me today, God, to bless the person beside me, to bless my neighbour, to grow your kingdom wherever I find myself? And that's why we use the analogy of the toolbox because at any given point in any given day, you have every one of those gifts at your disposal. And we just simply have to say yes to the Lord. But I'm not sitting here saying to you, I've always said yes. 
And I'm not sitting here saying to you that I have a hundred, a thousand success stories. I don't. But I simply ask God, where do you want me to partner with you today? And I, and he then sends the Holy Spirit to talk to me and to show me. Cool. Um, <clears throat> a couple of years, not, not even, oh, it might be two years back, uh, that, um, um, Ash, who's up in the sound desk there, was, uh, he, he got really sick very quickly. Remember that, mate? It was like you got a, a chest infection and like within the space of like 48 hours, he was in hospital and very, very ill with temperatures they couldn't bring down and all of that. Pneumonia, yeah. And, um, and so, uh, he's up there. And so I said, I, I just, I just rang Neil. I said, Let's go and pray for Ash. Let's see, you know, so he's up in hospital and he's, Ash was over at Redcliffe in the hospital and he was in a shared room. So there's like four, four room, you know, beds in the room. And those, those rooms are pretty noisy at the best of times with all the different family members and doctors and nurses in and out and all of that. So anyway, we were there, but we were there to do business. And so our business was to see our friend healed and set free from this pneumonia that had what had like its grip on him and um they took a photo of his it was it was like infection in your lung and your heart as well it was like like these big massive infections in in ash's body and so in his organs and so we're like right let's get into this and so neil and i we kind of we stand on each side of the bed i still like I think I'd like to make a movie. It was so, so much love, just silliness. But anyway, we're like leaning over Ashley and laying hands on Ashley and Nikki was there, um, sitting there in the, in the corner and then, and we just start, like, as soon as you start praying in public, you know it's going to get awkward, isn't it? It's, it's like, you just know it's going to get awkward. And so we start praying and there's people like wandering in and out and looking. And then the doctor decides that's the time he wants to come and talk to and consult with Ashley. Right while Neil and I wear hands on, leaning over the bed. And I'm just, you know, doing the whole, just command this sickness to, to be broken in the name of Jesus and this affliction to leave Ashley's body and Neil's on the other side of the bed, you know, he's moving in the gift of tongues and, but, you know, and there's a whole sense of like, ooh, you know, the, the presence of God was in the room and the doctor walks in and we just both like, look at the top. <laughs> and I just, and you know how in Acts 2 it talks about the boldness of the spirit came over them? And they went about boldly proclaiming the kingdom. And so we're praying and Neil's praying. And, t- and I just look at the doctor and I point at him with my left hand. I said, it's, it's our turn, mate. You, you, we'll be done in a minute and then you can have your turn. And, and he, was, he, was, he was shocked. <laughs> I don't think as a doctor he's been spoken to like that before. It's a bit like a student telling a teacher, you know. But the teacher's like, what? You can't talk to me like that. But well, we did. And so we just went back to praying for a few more minutes and, and then Neil prayed a bit, I prayed a bit, we kind of looked at each other and then went, yep, we're done. Business here is done. So uh, anyway, we, we just, we leave and um, anyway, the next morning, uh, Ashley was um, um, scanned again and he was completely healed 
completely healed of all of the pneumonia, all of the signs of the pneumonia, and he, and he was checked out of hospital that day and home again. And that, that was just a time where the gift of healing just flowed through us. It was the work of the Spirit through us for another. And it was the gift of tongues were in action. Now, I don't know how much do we need of tongues and how much do we need of healing. and how, I don't know the intersection of all of that or the quantities. All I know is all of that was going on because the gift who gives gifts was gifting us like that. If I can make does that make sense? It's like it's not about quantity, it's about the fact that the spirit is at work and we just we just lean into what he's doing and just let him do to the degree and to the depth and to the dynamic nature of however he's wanting to do this. We just yes, yes, Lord, use us, Lord, you know. I'm not sure if boldness is a spiritual gift, but it's definitely a side note <laughs> of the work of the spirit. So let's quickly jump on to the next one. Um, Thea thinks the Holy Spirit in us. So here we just want to talk about how the Holy Spirit actually, he, 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 he brings the, the character of God to the internal reality of who we are. And he begins to make us and shape us and bring us into our true identity in Jesus. And, and he, he's, he's on about... Um, releasing the power of his character in us as we partner with the work of the Holy Spirit in us. And, and, and Paul talks about there being, you know, evidential fruit of what that looks like in, in, the, in a person's life in Galatians 5 of things like um, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I just want to mention two um, for me, uh, two of the fruits of the workings of the Holy Spirit. Um, the first one is uh, is faithfulness of, uh, of 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 faithfulness. The work of the Spirit of faithfulness. Um, <clears throat> faithfulness is is not interested in glory. Faithfulness is not interested in fame. Faithfulness is about finishing well. That's the character of the work of the Spirit in regards to that particular fruit of faithfulness. Not, and so some days it's like, you know, because we live in a culture and a world that says a fruitful or a successful life looks like, oh, you have that, you've succeeded in this, you've attained all of this, you've got this much influence, you've got this much in your bank account, you know, well, that, that's the world, but that's not what the Spirit is on about, the Spirit of God when it comes to this fruit of faithfulness. This fruit of faithfulness is, uh, you know what, I am just going to left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot, what Jesus has asked me to do and let him worry about all of the outcomes and the fruits. He's not, he's not asked me to do anything. Well, he's asked me to do two things. So I'm letting you now in on my inside conversation with Jesus. And that the day that um, Nicole and I became the senior pastors of Pine Rivers Vineyard here, Jesus, uh, we were being prayed for and Jesus said these two things to me. He stood in front of me with his back to me and he looked over his, his shoulder and he looked me square in the eyes. You know when you've been really looked into? And he said to me, Kirk, two things. 
stay close to me and keep up. And then he turned his head as if he was looking forward and off he started moving. And I almost leapt out of my chair as I was being prayed for. Such was the intention to want to. I, wherever you're going, I'm going. Whatever you're doing, I'm doing. I just want to stay close. Now that's a work. Now I'm partnering with the Holy Spirit because he's, he's fruiting and seasoning my life with faithfulness. And, and it was interesting, um, two years ago this week, can you believe it's two years? Two years ago this week, Nick and I, we started working for Vineyard Churches Australia. I mean, that's been a crazy busy two years, but it's gone so fast. And I remember when the Lord asked us and the Vineyard Movement in Australia asked us to be the national directors. And, and so my inquiry of the Lord was this, Lord, do we do this? Is this you calling us to this? What do you want us to do? And the Lord said to me, Kirk, what have I always asked you to do? Stay close and keep up. And that was for me just the affirmation of the Spirit of God on me for this invitation into this new way of following God. Faithfulness. Faithfulness is pleased that we will get there. Faithfulness wants to finish. Faithfulness always looks for, like the people of faith in Hebrews, they welcomed in from afar, from a distance, that which was the promises of God. I'm looking for that, I'm living for that, and calling in for that even now in the kingdom. Um, Not interested in glory, interested in faith. And the other one I want to point to is gentleness. Gentleness is a work of the Holy Spirit, a fruit in my life that he's formed over the years. Um, <clears throat> prior to, that word gentleness actually means, doesn't mean being namby-pamby or being soft and gooey. It actually means strength and power that is under control and yielded. Strength and power under control and yielded. When strength and power are not under control and are not yielded to Jesus, it manifests in anger and verbal abuse. And so if you'd known me prior to Jesus, I was a very angry young guy because the strength and the power that God had fashioned me with in the womb, that I would be one that would have strength and power, It's not that they were wrong, it was that it wasn't yielded to Jesus. And so now, pre-Jesus, I would put my fist through walls and I would use my mouth in a very powerful way to destroy and cut down people. But since meeting Jesus, the Holy Spirit has been so kind as to completely transform me where now I can bring that strength and power unto Jesus And as a result of that, I'm able to speak life and build people with great strength and great power underneath the lordship of Jesus. Can you see the difference? you hear the difference? It's the fruit of the Spirit in me. He's come on me. He works through me and you. And he's working in us to form Christ in us as we partner with the work of the Spirit. What about you? Um. I'll talk about two very recent ones because um, 
I firmly believe you can ask God for anything. And uh, when the Spirit convicts you about things in your life, you realize, okay, I can't do that in my own strength. I need God and to ask him. And so probably over the last year or so, the Lord's been showing me his kindness wherever I go, not directed necessarily at me, but I, I see it over people's lives and I, I hear what first comes out of my mouth is, look at the kindness of God in that situation. And then one day I woke up and I thought, oh, kindness is the fruit of the Spirit. I wonder what that would look like in my life because we're meant to be changing, being more like Jesus and moving towards him. And so I asked the Holy Spirit to help me be kinder. How can I be kind like Jesus? Now, when you start that journey and you get convicted, the Lord shows you firstly where you haven't been kind. And that was not a pretty space and time. And the Lord reminded me of, you know, even simple things, the way I speak on the phone, if something didn't go my way. Had this um, very frustrating situation with a modem that went here, there and everywhere and wasn't delivered, got delivered to the wrong house. Then I went to the airport to pick it up, but it was already back on the van delivery. So it was this massive big thing that went on for four weeks. And I can sit here and tell you I was not proud of the way I responded to that. And I did not act in kindness to the people whose responsibility it was to get that modem to my home address. And, you know, when the Lord challenges you and convicts you, he doesn't leave you in that space. He doesn't leave you alone to say, come on you know, let's go, let's do this. He partners with you. He gives you what you need. You keep your eyes fixed on him. And so, again, I'm not sitting here saying I have arrived. I've got kindness all under control. It's a continual work, but it's becoming easier and easier the more I choose to practice practice kindness in everything I do, even when something doesn't go according to plan, even when um, your mobile phone doesn't get delivered on time. It's practicing that kindness of God. You, you actually then see how people respond back to you. And what do you receive back? Actually, you receive kindness. I've, I've had so many people be surprised by my responses towards them that they're really kind back. And in fact, they go above and beyond what they were supposed to do. You know, thinking about, I book a lot of um, flights and hotels and, you know, when you demonstrate kindness, even when people do the wrong thing towards you, first of all, you're setting yourself free and you're setting them free and you really are putting God's love on display as one of his gifts. And that's the other one um, I wanted to talk about, is desiring to love well. Again, we can't do that in our own strength. And even just over the last few weeks, personally, I had been working through some issues um, that we have um, around some relationships. And the Lord kept saying to me, because he knew I needed, I knew I had this phrase, put your big girl pants on, you know, be an adult because I can slip into childish ways. And the Lord said, keep your love on, which is that 
the phrase that Danny Silk has coined from Bethel. He's written a great book about it. I haven't finished the book, but it's, I've heard it's a really good book. But the Lord keeps saying to me, keep your love on. In every situation, keep your love on. And it, it has been a gift to me and an outworking of the Holy Spirit that God's doing in me, out of me, to those around me, where probably I, I do have a justifiable right um, to be cranky and to be frustrated and to uh, release judgment, but God has said, keep your love on. None of those things need to happen here right now because that's my work. You are just to keep loving. And it's a command that Jesus, again, tells us in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven to 39. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is to love your neighbor as yourself. That it's out of that wellspring where we are first loved by God and when we truly know that, that when then we can love others healthily and, and into health. We get healthy and they get healthy as we choose to do that. On the way here, I was thinking um, that phrase that's being thrown around currently, love wins. I won't go into that, except that I want to say I want to claim that back for the kingdom. Indeed, love does win. God does win. God is love and he does win. And his love wins everything for us. And Jesus did that by going to the cross and resurrecting and now living eternally and we get to live with him. So love does win. Keep putting your love on. And when I feel like there's a lacking in me, usually there's a blockage. And that's often when the Holy Spirit, we, we start the cycle again, the Holy Spirit wants to come and fill me up and talk to me about that blockage and do a work in my heart for the gift to flow out and the fruit as well. Thanks, Nick. Uh, last slide. Thanks, Thea. <clears throat> Paul wrote to uh, young Timothy when Timothy was um, walking in his vocation with the Lord, just like you guys are walking in your vocations with Jesus. Um, and because, you know, the, Timothy's context was one that was going to have a lot of challenges with it because he had to, he had to do, walk with people. He had to work with people. Now, I'm pretty sure all of us work with and walk with people, <laughs> like every day. And in that context... Paul writes to Timothy and says, Timothy, for this reason I remind you to fan into flame. In other words, don't forget back to where we started again. Hey, soul, don't forget. Remember, you know, right, right now today, God is remembering and reminding each and every one of us in this room of the person of the Holy Spirit. And some of us are here today with like, I remember, Lord, when you came upon me with power. And he's bringing that memory back to you because he wants you, he wants you to live in the power of what was released in that moment. He remembers that with us. He brings that back to us. And there's some of us in this room 
who have been asking the Lord, Lord, would you come upon me in power? Would you fill me again with your power? Would you clothe me? You've asked me to walk with you in this world and I need your power. Clothe me with power. And some of us are in this room right now where there's, <clears throat> where there's like, I've had moments of and seasons of where I've been very much aware of Jesus at work and the Spirit at work through me to others. But that, that through you thing is like the Holy Spirit, as you're remembering some of those moments today, is like stirring your heart again. It's like, I want, I want to partner with the Spirit and see him move through me with greater measure and gifts and greater power, that I can walk in what I've been saved to walk in and not look at it from a distance and go, oh, because hope does not disappoint. Jesus doesn't disappoint. And there's some of us in the room this morning where there is a, a deeper internal work going on where the Spirit of the Lord's been saying, hey, I've, I've, been, I've been wanting to form this part of my character in you. Are you going to let me do that with you? There's an invitation to partner with the Spirit to form his fruit, the character of Jesus in you. On, through and in. There is a measure of the Holy Spirit here today in your remembering. As Paul said it to Timothy, I remind you. Kirk and Nick says to PRV, I remind you. Fan into flame. Whose responsibility is it to fan? Yours and mine. We choose to partner with the Holy Spirit.